This episode is brought to you by Seed. Probiotics are most effective when they make it to your colon, alive. That's why Seed developed a patented two-in-one capsule that safeguards viability of its DSO-1 daily symbiotic through digestion to deliver the maximum dose to your colon. No refrigeration necessary. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. Add a berry blast off for your day with the new Berry Pebbles. A berry twist on a classic breakfast. Perfect for giving those growing minds a blast of creativity. <laughs> with a new berry way to pebbles. Yabba dabba do you with berry pebbles. Head to postpebblescereal.com to learn more. Yabba dabba do and the Flintstones and all related characters and elements. Copyright and trademark Hanna-Barbera. Hello and welcome to Memory Lane. Each episode, I take a trip down memory lane with a very special guest as they bring in four photos from their lives to talk about. To check out the photos that we're talking about, they're all on the episode image and you can also see them a bit more clearly on our Instagram page. So have a little look at Memory Lane podcast. Come on, we can all be nosy together. Thank you for coming on here to talk about your photographs when you <laughs> when I asked you to do it how easy was yeah. it for you to find your pictures oh quite tricky actually because I'm not really a collector of photographs or nostalgia I realized are you not do you take um, photographs no. I've got a few yeah right okay. very few though very few we don't have photos around the house basically. oh do you not we, not really I'm not into that what I know what I look like I know what my wife looks like, and I'm pretty familiar with my family. I don't need their pictures all over my house at various stages in their life. I find it weird when you go into somebody's house and they've got tons of photographs of family. I just find that a bit... It makes me... Actually, it makes me feel a bit gippy. Really? Like a wedding... Yeah, wedding photos. Nobody wants to see that. Well, I've got wedding you know, photos You know, it's usually so. taken... You are. I've got wedding pictures up in my house. That was a bloody and expensive I have, day. And I have judged you. I have oh, judged you on your wedding. If you're spending all that money on a wedding, I'm going to put a picture up. <laughs> we didn't I think we've got one stuck on the back of the fridge like the side of the fridge of us on our wedding day that was it we didn't even bother to get the rest developed I've got a picture of you on your wedding day framed above our telly <laughs> <laughs> So this picture of you that you sent when you were little, you're in a yeah. sink. I love a picture of yeah. a kid in a sink. We had a bathroom. I, don't I know, know but I've got, listen, I think it was big in the 70s, putting a kid in a sink. Because I've got one of yeah. me as well, same age, in a sink. And it's sort of a bar of, I think it's imperial leather soap. Oh, you're very cute, though. Curly hair. Yes! Look at really your curly, curly hair. hair. Where was this yeah. picture taken? It was taken in uh, Dunmore East in, in County Waterford in, in the south of Ireland. And I would have been about uh, two, three years old. And do you remember, can you remember being there? I remember being in the sink because you always sat on the plug and it was really uncomfortable up your bum. Oh, and do you remember the picture being taken or is that... Do, do, I do have memories of being in the sink, but I, I don't know whether I remember that actual picture being taken. That would have been... It was a very... Um, it, was a, it was a lovely sink because it looked... <laughs> Looks like a pretty well, standard was, chrome 70 well, sink to me. Yeah, I mean, the, the sink itself was fairly basic, but the view from my bathtub was... Uh, <laughs> what was the view? The, it, was, it looked out over the cliffs and you could see little fishing boats. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, this was a happy childhood? That's, 
that's a 1970s Irish spa experience right there. Yeah. Sat there in a, in a sink with your imperial leather bar of soap that no doubt would have brought you out in rashes all over. Were you born in Ireland? Fishing boats. No, I was born in Wales and then we, we moved to Ireland when I was about six months old. Did you have an Irish accent? Yeah, really where's strong. That, where's that gone? <laughs> well, it just goes, doesn't it? It just goes. <laughs> They're really strong. My favourite game was my dad had got golf clubs and he'd sawn the ends off them so they were sort of kid-sized golf clubs. Mm. And I entertained myself by marching around my uncle's field and whacking the hell out of cowpats. Well, that's a lovely that was game it. for a child. Yeah, it was a nice game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great if you got this, if the consistency was just right. Slightly crusty on the outside, but still a bit of give in the middle. And a They'd good really swing. Fly. Get a good swing yeah. on Yeah. You've lived in some pretty... Lovely places, don't you? Ireland, yeah, and yeah, the highlands, yeah. Highlands of Scotland, and I feel very, very, very lucky. I really do. I mean, emotionally, I was miserable as a child, but I did experience a lot of lovely nature. But so, when you say you were miserable from when this picture was taken, or no, that was a, that was a reasonably happy time. Ireland was reasonably happy. Um, uh, so when moved, did the misery, moved, <laughs> the misery, misery kicked in about sort of ten or eleven uh, when we right, moved okay. to Epsom, and then my my parents split up and it all got a bit messy, and uh, right. uh, and then we had to move to Scotland, and uh, that was a less happy time. By that time, I had an English accent, and then I moved to Glasgow with an English accent, which I'm going to be very honest, it, it was a bit of a disadvantage at school. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Can you have just kicked in fun. your Irish accent? Uh, no, because at that age you sort of lose it. Right. I lost it pretty quick. So you moved schools quite a few times. Yeah. Well, that must yeah, have been yeah. a bit stressful for a kid. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was really stressful. And I didn't cope well with stress. I um, Well, who does, uh, though? <laughs> I, I mean, know, that's, I kind of, that's the point of yeah. stress, isn't it? That it's yeah. hard it's, to cope with it. You don't cope well with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like this. How did it manifest <laughs> with you? Um, My hair fell out. Uh, what? I got alopecia and my hair fell out. When you were how um, old? About 11. But um, only oh. half of it, so I had a comb over. Oh, my God. Um, which is... <laughs> not... I mean, it's not It's a not a strong look on a girl. It this really is the early isn't. 80s. I just don't remember that yeah. being the Pepsi and Shirley range with the comb no. over. No. It was big perms, wasn't it? And that yeah, sort of, I, Big perms and big bouncy hair. No, I had an absolute... I would say almost a Hitler flick of a coat above. Oh, my God. I mean, that must yeah. have been awful for you. I think, do you know what? I think in those days, people were less conscious of how they looked. I think it might be harder now in this Insta world that we live in of, you know, constant surface appraisal. Um, so I... I don't remember it being, you know, it didn't destroy me or anything. It was just, it was just really, it was a real pain in the arse in a strong wind. Did your mum, wasn't your mum worried about it? <laughs> I mean, oh, if yeah. I was watching a biopic of your life yeah. and then there was yeah. the bit where you were 11 and your hair fell out and you had a comb over, I'd be, yeah. I'd cry at that part. <laughs> I'd have a little cry. Yeah. I mean, you can look back and go, oh, well, in those days people didn't. Really, we were extremely repressed. <laughs> but it, you've got to accept that with a bit of retrospect, that isn't ideal, yeah. is it? It's not ideal. It's not ideal. No, it's not. And um, 
uh, but at least it didn't all fall out. It's sort of you can get alopecia where it all falls out and like your eyebrows go and all yeah, like Earl Porter, yeah, all of that, yeah. And I had like um, patches, and uh-huh. I've still got it now. I've got it at the moment. Um, and it's, it's in times of stress, times of worry. Yeah, it's just stress, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I can almost tell when it's going to happen. Like I go, I, you know, something will happen, and I'll go right, wait three months, and then a patch will fall out. Is that? I didn't know that. Is that sort of part of alopecia? It doesn't go away. You just have it, and it sort of spikes if you're stressed. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing, alopecia. They don't really. I mean, there's no cure for it or anything. It, it's sort of an immune thing. It's a stress thing. It's yeah, yeah. It is what it is. I've had it. On and off all my life. Do you think it shaped me. that experience when you were that age and all that happened? Is that sort of shaped who you are? Oh yeah, I think so because a lot of comedians would tell you that they feel like outsiders or that they don't really belong or that there's something slightly different with them. Mm. And but all through my life it was that like I had the wrong accent in the wrong place every time I went somewhere. You know, yeah. From Ireland to England I had the wrong accent, and then we moved from England to Scotland I had the wrong accent. I was always trying to catch up with myself. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I always felt like the outsider, and then and then when you when you when you've got a comb over it, you do feel a bit weird, and um, and then. Uh, you know, around the age of about 12, sort of think, you know, realising that you're probably gay as well on top of that. You're like, oh, right, this is a great combo, isn't it? Brilliant. So I always stuck out. And it's perfect to become a comedian, I think. I think that's perfect to become a comedian. Yeah, it seems like the only career choice other than driving a van around the Sussex Downs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this next picture... Um, Tell me about this. Where are you in this one? <laughs> That's your university. I am... Can you see me down at the front? Could you spot it me t- in Do it you know what? Did it you... did take me a while to find you because you do look did quite it? different. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't quite get my head around you with long hair. Yeah. Yeah. I had long hair. So what year? Brow. What year is this? Yeah, you do look a bit that... Frida Kahlo. A bit Frida Kahlo, isn't it? It's yeah. Bit, it's like a sort of, yeah. You look um, very happy. Well, I tell you why I'm very happy. It's because I'm sitting with Sarah o- O'Curry and I had a massive crush on her. <laughs> oh, did anything happen? No, she was really cool and aloof. She was really cool and I was a, I, I, I had a massive crush on her. She used to drive around in her dad's old Saab. And anybody who knows cars knows Saab's a sign of quality. <laughs> and um, I think she lived in Paris half the year. And, uh, yeah, she was... I was really taken with her but there was absolutely nothing happening so by now were you you were out now not really no it was pathetic it was um um I, I think I told a few people that I, I, I might be bisexual or something. Right, you know, okay. Like, like, sort of, I don't know what I am. Yeah. Um, but you were getting there. You were sort of having the dialogue. Yeah. I think if you look at the shoes, Kerry, it's a sort of indicator that I knew which way I was walking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at those. They are they are big, comfy walking boots Was um, a girl. Sarah gay or straight? Straight. Okay, yeah. so you really hadn't yeah. made it easy for yourself there. But oh, no. in that picture, you are nestled rather cosily in her lap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Happy so I can days. see why you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> so right, what did you study yeah. at York? I studied psychology. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Did you enjoy so it? Would have been about... No. 
I did enjoy parts of the course. I wasn't very academic. I'll be very, very honest. There wasn't much studying that went on. I was usually... I, I, I was a member of the most ridiculous societies at university, like stupid sports societies. I played um, octopus for a while, which is underwater hockey, which... Um, You'll be, you won't be surprised to know that that sport didn't really go anywhere. This um, is the equivalent of you going round and round the block on a red bike, isn't it? You're just carrying on with that sort of pursuit that is in that, different yeah. forms. Yeah, yeah. I joined the potholing society. Never actually went potholing because I got myself caught in a carabiner in the gym hall by my hair. So I thought that's not for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you make friends? So at this no, point, you had no ambition, career sort of ideas or sort of drive absolutely clueless Kerry so when you graduated from this course what Mm. what what were you thinking where am I going what am I going to do I I wanted to become an actress and when did that happen well I've spent a lot of time at the um uh at the university it was York University Student Amateur Dramatic Society or USADS um, oh, my youth theatre was called Egypt. E G Y P T. Egypt. Egypt. I mean, how have they got that anagram out of? That's that's great. That's great. <laughs> I didn't get many parts. Um, I was usually the club-footed maid that shuffled in. For like <laughs> I don't wine. know if there's ever a club-footed maid. Yeah, You've made that, that up. <laughs> Dinner's ready, you know. <laughs> You've embellished the maid part there. I played a lot of maids. I've I played, played a lot, lot of maids, and none of them had a club foot. I, when I brought, I, I really went. I really went the you, yeah, you're like, right? Who is she? She's got a hump and a limp. <laughs> What's her motivation? How do I get more attention for this one line? <laughs> when did you okay. decide to go into drama? Like it kind of just. Something obviously triggered that off. You know, some people go, I'd really like to be a pharmacist. You're like, do you? How do you? Really? How do you? Really? Yeah. I just, I, I, I like, I like showing off and I like making people laugh. Yeah. That's it. So you go, what can I do with those two? They're not even skills. They're skills? They're sort of. I, I would classify them more as weaknesses. But um, <laughs> but what can, I, what can I do with these two very highly tuned weaknesses? <laughs> um, so I thought, well, I could. I thought, well, I'll try drama school. I'll try and get into drama school. Straight um, after graduation? No, it was about a year or so. No, actually, I tell a lie. It was about three years or so. I, so I went back home. I went to Glasgow. I went back home to Glasgow. I got a job in a restaurant. I worked in a bar for about three years. In Glasgow? In Glasgow. And this is living with your mum, living back at home? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I went travelling. I went to I went to Australia for a year, um, and then came back. And then I thought, right, I've got to do. I've got to settle down. You know, at twenty four, and you go, God, I'm so old. My God, my life's passed away. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have those moments, and then moved to London and uh, got a place at the poor school in London. Like and the poor that. school, so, you could go to, to drama school and you could work, wasn't it? That was, that was, yeah. yeah. You'd work during the day and you'd, you'd study at night and at weekends. So, yeah, for two years, I don't think I had a day off. You just sort of worked and, and, and um, did, did drama. And did you enjoy um, it? Again, parts of it. Other okay. parts of it were a challenge. I was, I was never actually quite sure what the point of it was sometimes. <laughs> There's a 
a theme here, Zoe. There's a running theme with what's the point of psychology and what's the point? What's the point of this? <laughs> but there's this theme going through of like you're you're showing up, you're doing these things. Like to commit yeah. to a degree is no, you know, small thing. And to graduate, yeah. and then to commit to a two-year drama course. It sounds like bloody hard work, as you say. Yeah. But then there's this kind of like, but I'm not really. I mean, yeah, I'm here, yeah. but I'm not. But I'm not really, yeah. So were you I, still I, aware I think... that you were looking for your vocation or calling purpose, purpose? Yeah. yeah. For me... But had comedy reared yet? Well, you see, at drama school, again, I played a lot of club-footed maids, but this time I'd really... <laughs> but I'd really embellished them by this point. Them they had monologues fully... about landlines. Oh. <laughs> they, they were fully rounded characters at this point. So, that looked and sounded lo- like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, um, I, uh, I knew I wanted to do comedy. I right. wanted to do comedy, like, so this what that sh- how, how that looked I didn't know how that what that shape was I didn't know you know uh-huh. and that, then I thought I started to go and see a lot of stand up I started to go on my own just at night once I'd graduated just going to you know those brilliant little rooms above pubs that used to what year are we talking night nights that would have been gosh two thousand two right two thousand one two thousand one two thousand yeah. Icy Hot starts working instantly to dull the pain with the icy cool sensation. Then, the warming sensation relaxes it away. Feel the power of Icy Hot's contrast therapy. Ice works fast. Heat makes it last. Icy Hot. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Because your next picture is you performing at the O2. So yeah, yeah, I want to know. Quite a big leap. <laughs> I mean, that, that, well, that's a lovely way to go into that picture because where? Tell us about that journey from a, a young woman going to gigs and thinking I like the look of this to playing the O2. So I remember going to see lots of open mic nights in various pubs and places. One of the first comedians I saw was Joe Enright. You know Joe, don't yes. you? Lovely Joe. Yeah, I remember seeing her and she's. Joe's she's such a beautiful, beautiful spirit, and um, she's a great just, comic. She's great. She's a she's joy to a, watch. She's an absolute joy to watch, and physically, she's very small and you know, bird-like almost, mm. and and just being so impressed that this diminutive little, physically small person could could be so big and amazing on yeah. stage. She really blew me away, and. So I went to see lots and lots of open mic nights as well. And I saw some really awful comedy, like brutally awful. And, and you thought, genuinely, I, I thought, can do that. I can be that bad. Yeah. I can be that bad. Yeah, I remember yeah. having that feeling as well. I remember because I saw yeah. a lot of stand-up uh, growing up long before I thought I could do it. But I do remember that exact feeling you just described where I thought, some of this isn't that good. I could definitely be mediocre. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I thought, well, it, even if I just, you know, put a paper bag on my head and hopped around like a rabbit, it'd be funny. <laughs> even if you do your club-footed maid routine, you could be better than somebody. Dragging <laughs> <laughs> the limbs. <laughs> Call yes. it a character act. Get a good five. Yeah. You're on your way, aren't this you? Is, this is a character act. <laughs> so um, were you getting excited about it? Yes. Ah, yes. so the first time after studying psychology and drama and God knows what, travelling and all sorts, you're getting excited yeah. about something. Yeah, yeah, Get, got excited about that. And I and I, I made the big declaration that I was going to be a stand-up comedian, having never Did, done it. And you told uh, people? Oh, yeah, I said Cindy, my, my wife. Oh, you've met Cindy. Uh, I didn't know you were Cindy by... We'll have to go back a bit with the... Because I didn't know you'd met Cindy early when you started stand-up. Oh, yes, we'd be, uh, we met when I was 26. So what were you doing when... So let's just go back just for that because Cindy's your wife. And what were you doing when you met Cindy? When I met Cindy, I was... um... I was probably at the lowest point of my life. How romantic! <laughs> I know, how romantic. <laughs> I had finished drama school. I had become brutally aware that I was not going to be the next Judy Dench or indeed Rowan Atkinson. Or, <laughs> or Spear Carrier number six. Yeah. You know those awful moments in your life? When you're at drama school, you can just let yourself believe that anything's possible. Yeah, that's what it's for. Statements. Uh, yeah, you'd like, you know, I'd, of course I'd never do soap opera because oh, why would you? And of, I know. of course I'd never do I'd never do adverts. Oh, you know, just so, don't yeah. it's embarrassing. I mean I can remember yeah. being into Bill Hicks then and being like, I'd never do ads. Screen swipe to me doing a frozen porn commercial with a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have you have principles and ideas at that that point in your life, and they just really go when bills come in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and were you together pretty much straight away? Yeah, but Cindy lived in Holland, and I lived in a bed sit in. I lived in a one bedroom. Oh, I didn't know. I lived in, a, in a bed in a in a house share in Peckham. I didn't know um, she lived in Holland when you met. Yeah, we spent two years going back and two. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. That Long- was it. Long and then distance. it was when she moved over, long distance. And then she moved over and then I was like... And you I've were gigging really, pro- by now? No, I was probably, I was. Tw- I think I was 29 before I did my first gig. Okay. So when she moved over, uh, I was utterly miserable. She basically grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and just went, just do something! So you've got a lot to thank her for. She pretty much kicked you yeah. up the arse and got your life in shape. Absolutely. And anybody who's a comedian knows that if you do have a partner or a spouse, their patience is um, essential for a long lasting relationship. Because, you know, eventually at some point you'll be on the road for for ages and ages. And, you know, most comics, let's be brutally honest, (laughs) self-centred. I do not so know what you're talking about. Sorry. No. <laughs> no I know. When, when we've got together, I'm sure Ben and Cindy, my husband and, and Cindy, have had little, you know, God, it's oh. hard, isn't it? Being married isn't to it? me. How are you? Are you all right? Yeah. You're coping. How are you bearing yeah. up with this dickhead? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're in the corner going, look at us. Look at us. <laughs> we need to be adored. So she, um, once you told her you were thinking about comedy, she was very encouraging. Really, really encouraging. Oh, probably overly encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go away and do something. 
do you feel now with gigs that a lot of the time, probably 90% even of the time, you don't get stage fright anymore? But that one scared the crap out of me. It's just so oh, big. I mean, I was lightheaded with anxiety. <laughs> and if, if just absolutely... But we all were. I mean, yeah. it's 12,000 people. Well, that's incomprehensible. I mean, I remember me and you kind of practically clinging to each other backstage in terror yeah. and I, when I went on I remember holding the mic having to hold the mic in two hands because it was shaking so much I couldn't disguise it with only one hand I had to have two yeah, yeah. and I remember going up to Rob Beckett quite a lot because he me you and Rob were the newbies everyone else had done it before yeah. and you and I were properly you know brown trouser time but he kept I kept going Rob are you scared he was like no I'm all right and I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't work him out. I just, yeah. I wouldn't leave him alone. I kept going, aren't you nervous at all? He'd be like, no, I feel all right, actually. I think it's going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was really bewildering. Do you remember at one point you and I wandered to the back of the stadium just to have a look at what it looked like from the back with the audience? Yes. And we were like, oh, my God. Yeah, that didn't Jesus. help. That didn't help at all. No. We were like, let's go out and get a sense of the size of the... Oh, my God. I know, it's mad. It's mad. But very exciting. To... Very, very exciting. We, was like, we had five minutes. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And um, we had to go up the stairs and down the stairs onto the, onto the stage. Yeah. And pushed out all this smoke. So yeah. It was like... You can't actually see. But all those so big gigs, those big telly gigs, oftentimes, you, as you're walking out, you're... Same with Live at the Apollo. You're very concerned that just not to fall over. So oh, it, it's all I could think about. Don't fall over. Yeah. Don't fall down the stairs in front of 12,000 people. <laughs> Can you imagine? You will look like an absolute <laughs> I mean, yeah. as you've told us your school, your life story uh, from the alopecia and the outsider <laughs> vibes, if you were to fall over as you walked out to an O2 gig, I think oh. that would be just like, Jesus, the comfort it made hits the yeah. O2 yeah, I mean, it, oh, God. It was a great gig. Terrible. It was a very good gig. It was a very good gig. It was really good fun. I'm really, really, really glad that I got the opportunity to be able to do that. Is that why you the, gave the it to us? Form. You gave it to us as a photo, because you think that kind of validates and confirms you are a professional stand-up comedian. That's like the shot that says it. I mean... All the evidence would point to that, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's some sort of validation. However, yeah. we also know that deep down, internally, there is nothing that validates us at all. <laughs> because there's nothing, nothing. It's always the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So even if somebody went through an entire Rolodex of my achievements and went, have you done this and you've done that and here's this and here's you on the telly, Bob, and here's you doing this and that's a play you were in, you'd look at it all and you'd go, yeah. But it's not quite enough, is it? <laughs> it's still... It's that still, should be enough. That picture says to me, That should enough. be enough. Yeah. That's, but it's not. That's it's interesting. Not because you know, as well as I do, that, you know, when you do things like that, you have a sense of fulfilment for about 10 minutes and then it's gone again. Oh, you see, I don't agree. I still feel giddy off that gig. I feel like those things are, I think they are very affirming that you are a card-carrying professional <laughs> com comedian. You know, it's, it's, it's not debatable or disputable. Look at you. You're standing there in front yeah. of 12,000 people. <laughs> They're not blinking at you. I, I can, I can, uh, I can um, confirm they were laughing. They were laughing. They were laughing.
Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. The National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. Yeah. 25 Saturday nights, 50 matches, all season long on ION. Out in front to Williams, slips through, here's a shot, it's in! This is a game changer for sports. Sabina takes a shot herself. See the full schedule and find where to watch at IonNWSL.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Let's look at this next photo. This is absolutely bonkers. Do you, do you know what photo I'm referring to that you've given us next? Is it the one in me in a green suit? Yes. What is going on? Yes. <laughs> what is going on? I mean, now that we're in quarantine and with COVID-19, this looks like PPE. Yeah, that would make exceptional PPE, wouldn't it? Yeah. In fact, I, should, I should go down to the local co-op in that little outfit. <laughs> yes. I've put that in... I put that in because A, it always makes me laugh when I see it. It does make me laugh. Oh, it's, yeah, it's wonderful. It was my wife's birthday and uh, we'd hired a lovely house in the countryside <laughs> and uh, a friend of mine DJed and we had the best weekend I think we've ever had. And I put that picture in because I didn't tell, I bought this green suit to surprise us to come down at one point. It was supposed to blow up like a big balloon, but the pump went on it. <laughs> you spend nine quid, that's what you get. Um, uh, but it sort of symbolises my love of, of of having a good time you... now and having a good time. Yeah. And uh, uh, a, a lot of my youth, when I wasn't being miserable and introspective, a lot of my youth was um, spent... On the clubbing scene in London, I was I was really into it, and I still love my music, and I still love I, I love getting together and having an absolute blast. And, you, and that's what that represents. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So you um, you uh, so that, you see that is worth pointing out that despite all these kind of like feeling a bit lost and whatever, that a sense of belonging did come from the club scene. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. Bang on. I think it's really interesting that in that photograph, this is me doing amateur psychology, which um, you can can back up because you've got a degree in it, uh, (laughs) that you're not identifiable in that picture. So like like you were saying at the beginning that you think this obsession with, you know, vanity and and narcissism with photographs and that like a lot of people would offer up a picture of them clubbing, a selfie, them looking, you know, elated and happy and facially visible, let's say. And you've offered up a picture of you completely (laughs) shrouded in this weird outfit. It could literally be anyone. It could be me. And and that's captures, I suppose what you're saying is that 
it, it's fun. not about the outside looking at it's about how you feel inside it's not about how you look yeah yeah it's it, it, it I still have flashbacks to those days where I'm, I, it, I get a bit emotional about it um yeah it, it just that wonderful wonderful sense of belonging and not taking yourself too seriously and like you say it's not about you, the individual, what you look like. And look at me, aren't I amazing here in this club? It's about the collective. Uh-huh. It's about it's about the the group experience. It it's sounds about... spiritual, though. It sounds like it church. Is spiritual. But then isn't? But then if you look at sort of anthropology and the way that humans connect, yeah, and dance absolutely. And tribalism, this is your ritual. That that's what it is. It's ritual. All of that is ritual. Now, was and, this you know, uh, some... enhanced with anything? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> was that sense of elation uh, help? What can I say? It was the nineties, and we were in, it was four o'clock in the morning. You know, yeah, it was. It a wasn't a cup of Earl Grey, right? Okay. I mean, I yeah, the clues in the picture there, babe. I mean, I don't think that's yeah. someone who's just had four coffees. No, I don't think you have to dig too deep to find out. What was, you know, but that's all part of it, isn't it? You know, would you some say people take themselves off to South America these days to sit in a circle full of yoga gurus ch- chomping on ayahuasca or whatever? But, yeah, yeah. You know, you do your thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you still club now? You say you still into clubbing every now and again? I mean, you know, the, the the leg supports have to go on the knee braces and that sort of thing. But maybe two or two or three times a year we have a. We have that thing, and each time it's just that enormous like sense of joy. Honestly, it's such an enormous sense of joy. I can't tell you, and it, I think I'll always have that. I'll be the old lady in the corner, <laughs> shuffling away on my Zimmer frame. This next picture is, uh, I know, one of your passions now. Yeah, yeah. Now, I am... Um, uh, my big thing is well, I, this is the carry on from my love of nature and being outside. Yeah. But also in the water, and uh, Cindy and I learned to scuba dive about six, seven years ago, and that's become a huge part of our lives. So this is a it's, picture um, of you and Cindy. Where are you in this picture? In the Red Sea, and I love this picture because Cindy looks so formal. <laughs> she does. She looks like um, Betsy Trotwood from David Copperfield. She's got a kind of Victorian arm hand yeah. situation. She's wearing full makeup if you look inside. The oh, yes! <laughs> yes! She looks so glamorous. She's, she's really glamorous, and I look like an absolute dick. You look and like I think that sums, the yeah, maid in I'm the club. Like, yeah, I look like a club footed maid. <laughs> but you do look and happy, I lo- though. I love, I look very happy. Um, yeah, I love this photograph for so many reasons because A, it, it, it just it highlights. The sense of adventure that we have and that we enjoy and we've been some amazing places and seen some beautiful beautiful things mm. um it's a big part of your relationship is your trap huge part yeah i think i think if you just look at the picture as well and you see how how sensible cindy looks and, the, and me hanging off her arm <laughs> it just sums us up and every time i see this picture i smile i smile it just really really makes me laugh it really really makes me laugh i can see but what you were saying about like earlier parts of your adulthood where you felt a bit lost and underwhelmed and understimulated that now yeah now that you found this... things that really excite you 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 yeah. want it you want that thrill i think i've got a very low th- boredom threshold I think I do need there is a part of me that is 
entirely childish that just has never matured never ever ever i just need constant stimulation you know we're we're currently in a in a pandemic lockdown and people are going it's great you know you can sit and read i'm like (laughs) (laughs) that ain't gonna happen no so you know i've had to get myself a job and a van and drive around london and they're sort of you just want to be busy and active i want to be out yeah yeah. Be active. I want to be yeah I need it all the time you see I think because I did do a paddy course when I was in Thailand years ago about 15 or 20 possibly years ago and I really didn't take to it I don't think it's for everyone I do think it's no a, it's not it's a unique I mean I can just remember being on a Thai beach reading a textbook about the bends and I thought oh, this is not fun this is not my idea of fun. It was like a science yeah. book. I had to learn about, yeah. you know, water pressure. And I was like, oh, screw this. <laughs> so, it, yeah. I mean, it does require a lot of adult, I would say, thought and, you know, you yeah. you've got to be careful. You can't dick about down there. What I like about it is that you have to have two sort of brains. Yeah, You have to have the brain that's enjoying what you're doing in the moment. And the brain that's going, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. Which sounds like a gig. That sounds like doing stand-up. Yeah, yeah. Because because of a lot of stand-up, you're going, this is stupid. This is stupid. Well, you're half present and half not. Yeah, yeah. And so many times, you know, we'll have been stood in the wings of a gig and your brain's going, why are you doing this? It's stupid, you don't have to do this. I've looked at the door and gone, you could just go. You could just walk out of that door. Run. Run. Yeah, why stay? Yeah. Who cares? No yeah. one will give a shit. Yeah. And diving is a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah. I can see. Because I can are... see the thrill. Do you ever get, like, environmentally, I always get a bit anxious that I'll get depressed because you'll see environmental damage. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, and you do. Yeah, I mean, I think you that know. must be sad. That's I can't watch quite... um, and... David Attenborough documentaries because I'm just like, yeah. he always ends it with some bleak broken yeah. coral reef and I'm like oh god. a penguin with a with a plastic bag on its head and you're like oh god yeah has it made um, you sort of think about environmentalism or anything like that well this is the this is the this is the the contradiction of thought because I love going to see these things mm. and, I, and I love being able to go and see these things but equally I'm very very aware that every time I get on a plane that I'm adding to the problem Uh and it's that it's you know in the current situation that we're in where nobody is traveling maybe it's a time to reassess and re you know maybe i'll be doing some scuba diving in my paddling pool in the back garden how do you feel about that that you won't be able to travel so much maybe if if we're all going to have to live differently listen i'm like most people who you know, like you watch David Attenborough and have a little weep at the penguins, mm. you know, choking on an earbud. And then the next minute we'll book a flight somewhere to go and experience something far afield. And there's that constant cognitive dissonance between what I'm doing and what I'm thinking. And um, now that we can't travel and we are having to be a lot more, well, we have to stay put. Yeah. And we are seeing the benefits of less pollution and we are seeing clear skies and we are seeing all of these things, you know, it's, it's, it's like a grief and an acceptance and, uh, cause let's be brutally honest, saving the planet is going to be hard for us because we're going to have to give up a lot of things, but maybe, maybe by being forced to do it is the only way. 
Because we've all got the we've all got the intention, you know. I live in Brighton. There's a lot of people who knit their own muesli, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But equally, we live twenty four miles from Gatwick, where you can pop on a plane and visit your little second abodes in, in Bergerac. You know, it's it's that it's that constant dissidence between what you're doing and what you're thinking. And maybe we were just too dumb and too selfish to really in ourselves and maybe it needs something as brutal as a global pandemic yeah, yeah. for us to be all told off and put on the naughty step and go no if that's what you just you know if you've got your hessian totes bag and you're recycling your, your, your wine bottles then this is the next step and nobody's going anywhere and can you do you think you can find the joy that you get from scuba diving elsewhere yes well yeah, that's good. i will yeah. You know how to access to, it. Yeah. Yeah, I know what it is. I know what happiness is. It's 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 quite simple. What? It is actually very, very simple. What's the answer? Um, Tell us with your just, psychology uh, degree. It's um it's it's an acceptance. It's it's um it it's being stoic in the moment. It's not resisting the hard things but sort of flowing through them. Um it's it's um and being really grateful for what you've got really grateful and and it's being out it is being outside we are animals we we we're it sounds so ridiculous I it doesn't I it sounds great but it's being at one with nature yeah. as opposed to being being constantly in battle with nature because psychologically, we've been in battle with nature because we love it, but we've been destroying it willfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just as guilty, you know. I, fl- I flew to Mexico. The carbon footprint on that is massive. I flew to Mexico to go and see nature. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense, does it? No. So, but I'm not, I wasn't strong enough in my own will to say, well, I'm not going. I wanted to go and I could go, so I did go. Um. But obviously it makes no sense when you add it all up. No. It makes no sense. So um, if we truly believe that we want to save the planet and we really, really want a different life, then that comes at an enormous cost. And, uh, but, with it, but, but with massive benefits, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. like this. I like this. Is, this has turned into a, <laughs> a lesson in life with Guru Lions. <laughs> well, apparently during the lockdown... Books on stoicism have gone through the roof. I bet they have. Fascinating. I mean, it seems to me that you saying it's a massive sacrifice. I don't know. I mean, I bet it's an accessible sacrifice. Like, like you said, the things that you know to be true are the relationships and the gratitude and the sort of stoicism and whatever. And you don't have to go to Mexico to feel that and know that. No. And no. I mean, I worry because you and I are well-travelled and that's great and we'll always have that in our memory bank. But I, I feel sorry for that maybe another generation are going to miss out on that and, that, and and that's probably true and unfortunate oh. for them, but I just don't think every generation can uh, have the same life experiences. I, somehow, you know, it's, uh, and I just yeah, I can't so... see my kids getting to travel like you and I have, probably. No, yeah. But but they might get, get to, to survive in, on the planet. They might get to survive. <laughs> what I enjoy about our chats is that you're so positive. And I know that you'd had some difficult parts of your like childhood and early adult life, but you're always so yeah. positive about it. It's really inspiring. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think... Um... 
Yeah, I think I'm a happy person. You are. These days. You're yeah, a... I, I, I am a happy person. You know how yeah. to get happy. Absolutely. And you bring a lot of yeah. joy to a lot of people's Zoe lines. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so Perry much for, for <laughs> been, talking us through your pictures. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, darling. Bye, love. That's it for this week. The rest of Series 1 is available with all the photos on our Instagram page. And Jen and I will be doing new episodes every week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.